Hey, my name's David, the host of Ambisonic Spaces. And I just want to thank you for listening. And I want to tell you about a new feed of the show called Ambisonic Spaces Plus. If you're a sound designer, work in game audio, if you're a field recording enthusiast, or just want to support this podcast, check out subscribing to the Patreon page, Ambisonic Spaces Plus. There you'll be able to gain access to listen to episodes in spatial audio. All you need is some AirPods that support head tracking and the Patreon app or Safari. Just connect your AirPods to their device, turn on head tracking, and listen through Patreon. The sounds dynamically change around you as you move your head. Super cool and a very immersive experience. You'll also have access to download assets to use for your game audio projects and engines like Unreal and Unity, or use them for sound beds for any project that you have. And finally, as a Patreon, you can import the RSS feed into Apple Podcasts and listen through spatial audio there as well. Is it possibly the first ambisonic spatial audio dynamic head tracking podcast ever? Perhaps. But check out the free samples on Patreon to hear for yourself. Links in the description. Find out more at ambisonicspaces.org. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Ambisonic Spaces. In the Rocky Mountains, nestled in the Pikes Peak region at 9,000 feet, are a series of reservoirs closed in by old, large pines, seasoned aspens, and towering mountains. This is Catamount. These Catamount reservoirs are fed by a number of streams melted from winter's freeze and bubbling up from natural springs provided by the skyscraping 14,000-foot Pikes Peak, carving out a unique high-elevation ecosystem that provides a haven for a variety of wildlife. Spring and summer months invite hummingbirds, waterfowl, and a number of songbirds directing the majority of course to the specific sonic spectrum giving texture and contrast to this landscape. I often run into mule deer, red foxes, hear coyotes, and have the occasional run-in with black bears foraging or rummaging. Every once in a while, I may be able to spot a bobcat and rarely, but not impossibly, mountain lions. But according to local folklore and embellished mountain town newspapers, there's something else out there more elusive than bobcats and more mysterious than mountain lions. Something lumbering through the dense trees, watching through the foliage, making appearances in the distance and broadcasting a sound that echoes through the mountainous peaks and valleys. Only a handful of people have allegedly witnessed strange wildlife noises, putrid smells, strange movements between the trees, and unexplainably large human tracks through 230,000 acres. This region has scattered myths of mysterious sightings of a creature that is averaging seven feet tall, has a dark human animal face, and is somewhat intelligent. These stories, some interesting, some questionable, have been documented over a hundred times dating all the way back to the 1800s, to just recently.
This episode is a little different than normal, and whether it be fact, fiction, or somewhere caught in the middle, I'm not one to turn this podcast into the Sasquatch soliloquy or subscribe to Folklore as Truth, let alone get anyone else to. But the first-hand stories I've heard come out of this region are, to say at least, fun, mysterious, and captivating. And while we're talking about this region and how sonically immersive it is, I can't help but mention some stories that come from it. I'm John German, 36 years old, live up here by Guffey, been up here for a little over 12 years. You know, I started hearing stuff walking around and these weird noises. I'd, I'd start going out there and I'd hear something run off. We put the, we put the trail cams up and uh, a couple of the cameras disappeared. This is John. After hearing just a few of his experiences, what he saw, smelt, and heard, not far from Catamount, I had to go see him. I got in my car and started driving through the mountains until the paved roads became washed out dirt roads and the road signs transformed into wooden planks with painted lettering. Winding through the woods for miles until I came to a remote controlled gate opening up into a massive expanse of horse pasture with a gradient of trees getting more dense as the property shot up into the neighboring mountains. John, along with his family, have been living here for over a decade, raising horses, chickens, living a simple life in a beautiful and mysterious part of the wilderness with even more mystery of what happens at their property. Took me, it took me a while, not very long, but because I'm an outspoken person, but it took me a while to, to really start telling, and, and I still don't tell everybody all that stuff. No, it just goes on and on and on. It goes on and on, they look it does. at you like you're crazy. It goes on and on and on. And it's just, so you know, what goes on and on and on? What keeps happening? And why are there lights and cameras around the entire property? We moved here, and all this stuff started happening, and I was like, I had no explanation for it. And I kept telling them guys, I don't. I didn't have an. I did not have an explanation for it. But I said, you, you know, said it was I said it correlates to what those programs are saying. Oh yeah. As like far that. as the screams and the weird footprints. This is John's mom, Jill. She has her fair share of encounters. I did have to tell her she was right. And my dad was a hunter, and he was also a marine. That Jill has grown up hunting, fishing, camping, tracking, horseback riding, all on the rougher east side of the Sierra Nevadas, and is accustomed to a survival and homesteading lifestyle taught by her dad, who was an ex-Marine from World War II. She's not afraid to tell it like it is, and has an ongoing journal documenting every strange occurrence she experiences on her property. Footsteps. Glowing eyes, objects moving or disappearing, strange sounds, screams, and tree knocks. What are tree knocks? So, I can show you. I got a bat out there and it, sound, it sounds just like the tree knocks. Just like a baseball bat or a baseball bat hitting a tree as hard as it can. It, it goes, bing! It yeah. makes a sound. It makes it's a particular sound. It's like sound. a solid piece of wood right. smacking a, smack like a, a, like a solid big tree. tree. Like a branch. So, yeah. like that, I hear one... One tree knock and it's straight out. Then two or three seconds later, there's another one farther back, farther out that way. Bing! It's getting farther away. Then I heard, I stood there and listened until how many did I say there were? About seven. But there's more than just tree knocks. I'd go out and check on the horses, and I'd always hear stuff walking behind me. Not horses, 
like bipedal and I would think, man, I'm really hearing things now. So I just didn't think anything of it. It was like, eh, you know, I'm out here checking on the horses. I didn't believe there was anything else out there. I, and that was before, when I would go out and check on the horses was before the eye shine. Once I saw the eye shine, it kind of chilled my jets a little bit there. Yeah, like just, so what, um, describe that. Like I'll what? show you, come here. All right. She proceeds to take me around the property, recounting smaller run-ins and reoccurring abnormalities. There are a lot of unexplained 3 a.m. footsteps, early morning slams against the house, and unusual objects being placed around the home, like these stones. There's an obelisk rock that I have out there, and it first appeared on my way, on one morning on my way to feed the horses. It was just there, and it was standing upright, which was really strange. So I picked it up, and I looked at it, and I walked over and put it on a stump. The next day I came out, it was on a stump completely across the yard. Uh, and then we played, put it on a stump for a long time. Then he started stacking it on rocks, and, and it would be where I would see it. <laughs> and, you know, so we did that for about two years. And there's sticks. Sometimes they put sticks in squares, sometimes circles, sometimes X's. I mean, it was all kinds of shapes. And, you, and, it's, and it was in my pathway. So, <laughs> I mean, he knew exactly, or it knew exactly where to put the sticks, so I would notice them. And the leaves. One time I came out of the back door and there was, and I still have it, a perfect aspen leaf. And it was gold, you know, it was in the, the peakers uh, season, so it was where they were turning gold and orange. Yeah. And it was the most beautiful gold. And it was sitting right on the top step of my door. So when I opened the back door, it was right there. And I walked over it and I got down to the bottom of the stairs and I said, that's an aspen leaf. And I turned around Grab the aspen leaf, and as you can see, there are no yeah. aspens anywhere double checking. around. I'm double checking. Yeah, we're probably three quarters of a mile, a mile. Not an aspen anywhere, and it was perfect. Not only does Jill remember indirect encounters, but direct encounters too. I was out in the pasture out there. There's no trees out there or anything, and I'm walking out there. It was last winter, and it was in the snow. So it was probably this January, this last January. Okay. Had my snow hat on, had my boots on. I'm out there checking the horses. So I'm walking across out into the pasture and something hit me with the snowball in the side of the head. And I'm like, and he was at work and I'm looking. And oh, so I'm real quiet and I'm listening. I'm listening to see if I can see anything moving or anything. And there's nobody out there. And I was like, all right, maybe I, you know, I brush the, I brush the snow off my hat, turn back around, start heading where I was heading. And it hit me on the other side. And that time I got mad and I turned yeah. and I said, All right, you suckers, I know you're out there. Sons of bitches, come on out. <laughs> Nobody came out. I made fun of her. Wow. Nobody up, came up out. Up until, up He's until, been hit up with until pine that cones. shed incident. And uh, last right, year I'm when going. I was doing that project, yeah. I was sitting there welding on a trailer. I literally got hit by four pine cones and I was not under a tree. I'd be sitting there, I put my hood on, I'd start welding and whack. So we've heard about Bigfoot, but we haven't heard Bigfoot. Yes, they talk about a lot of footsteps while visiting and showed a lot of pictures of tracks in the snow. And the kind of tracks that are 18 inches by eight inches with strides up to 10 feet. And while that all has been very, very fascinating, I am very interested in what they sound like. Here. Yep, 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 in yep, the yep. distance. But you hear that thing over it. 
But sitting there on the porch, I could feel the rumble in my chest. So it's a, like beat deep like bass. it was yeah oh, and it was here it was like right here and i have had coyotes so let's have a listen I have had yeah so here's the audio of the screaming in uh, june when i was in the camper oh quick. yeah um oh sorry <laughs> but see no coyotes that sounds like a coyote but It's not. The, fir the first uh, is two, the decimals. We uh, One of the guys, we did send it, Jim sent it to a guy that does uh, sound also, mm -hmm. and he put it on the decimal thing, and it actually went higher than a human is capable of doing, or, or lower, whichever way it was, and higher and lower than a coyote. Oh, wow. And that, that's, that was the interesting thing about it, is the, the actual the range. range of it is more than more That's than the same sound as paranormal caught on camera. The Sasquatch. British Columbia, British right? Columbia. Yeah, I told him about it. Yeah. It's the same sound. Yeah. Exactly. So, let's see. I'll play the uh, the original one. Mm -hmm. See, the same damn screen. That ain't a coyote. I'm sorry. Yeah. You can hear coyotes in the background. That still don't sound like a coyote. Yep. That kind of does, like a, a male bark or anything. But the screaming, I've never heard a coyote. And when you hear it, actually right there, you know, the depth of it, it's crazy. And that's this, that's the sound that's like rattling. <laughs> when he's doing that, it's like, it's bass. I mean, mm -hmm. that's a crazy thing. Anyway. And that's when I was just, I, I was trying to get their attention. Tons of noises on here, tons. We know some behavior around the property no, no, and some pretty hair-raising sounds. But so what in I the world is this? Thing? And I used to walk what does it look like? And after a while, I just would stand on the patio and make sure she made it. But anyway, we walked up here, and in between those two trees, okay, uh -huh. up to where, see where the little stick is sticking out. Uh, the or the metal on this side. There's just, on the tree. See how it's got a little branch that's been cut. Mm -hmm. It's just sticking out. Just below that, below that, where I was t in between the two trees. It was a night that was pitch black. We had the patio light on, but it only throws light out about like where the truck is. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't see what it was out there. But there was two uh, red eyes. That was that was the one where we saw the red eyes. Red eyes, uh, and I don't know, we, we were going, is that 12 feet out there? It sure looked like 12 feet, but it could have been lower than 12 feet because mm -hmm. of your perception. And right. I don't know if it was closer or farther away. Right. Right? But you just that was the reference. But it was red eyes, and they were 10 to 12 inches apart. And they were both open, and you could the the no, way we knew it was eyes is it would go blink, blink. It's like when you see an eyeball blink, you know it's an eye. It's yeah, a living, yeah. organic thing out mm -hmm. there. That we measured to the top of that. It's nine feet. To the okay. top of the house. Yeah, to the eaves. See oh, the eaves, yeah. how okay. they're boxed in. Yeah. Every morning I come down the steps. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Got my purse on my shoulder, my key car keys in my hand. I lock the door because it's three thirty in the morning, lock the door, check it, make sure it's locked, got my keys, come on down, heading for the garage door, get right about here, and that light, see how we have the lights, that's our, we have a circle of uh, fear now, where we have lights, motion detection lights that come on from Costco, they're like 1500 lumen, it lights up that area like it's daylight, uh -huh. when I got right here, I saw a movement from that tree by the by the chicken shed, it moved over. As soon as I saw it out of the corner of my eye, I turned and looked. Now I squared off, 
and I am looking at a Bigfoot that is standing right there where that fence is, that chain link fence at the corner. Okay. And his head is at the bottom of the eave. And I'm looking at a Bigfoot, and he's looking at me, and I'm thinking, well, first I'm thinking, oh, crap, they're really real. <laughs> <laughs> what did it look like? Okay, so he was big and t- he was tall, huge, huge muscles, no neck. His head was set right down into his, I mean, no neck. You, there's no neck on him. Their head pops right out of there. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one picture. Top of the thing. At, he had a conical head. He looked like Same not egg. a coconut that you're used to eating mm-hmm. that they had for years, but the Filipino coconuts that have a ridge on the top. Okay. They're kind of conical. They're okay. not round like the old coconuts with mm-hmm. the three yeah, dots. I know, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. He had a conical head. His hair came up on each side and went different directions on the top of that ridge, okay? Like a, a ridgeback. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, like a Rhodesian ridgeback. Yeah, dog. yeah, I can okay. never pronounce it right. So anyway, <laughs> so it came down his head. Now, he That's had a brow. So while Jill is explaining, John is showing me a picture on his phone taken from a trail cam. Like all Bigfoot encounters, the object in question is grainy, hard to see, but not impossible to make out. Leaving a lot of mystery and intrigue. Not, not like... Oh, yeah. He didn't have bald forehead. He didn't have hair growing out of his forehead. He had hair from his head coming down to his ridge brow. Okay. And then he had big almond-shaped eyes. Almond. They that, weren't that round. Is, that is a weird thing. I mean, cuz I I've, I've seen I've seen the eyes quite a bit, let alone seen You've them. seen them round. Was it the and same the kind eyes of eyes that you so saw here? So weird because they're round and they're they're about that big and about that far apart. His okay. eyes were not round. His eyes were almond-shaped. Oh, his were? Yes. And and but that that makes it even weirder. So, why haven't the vast majority of people seen anything that resembles this thing? Why is it so hard to capture a photo in an age where the vast majority have a decent camera in their pocket at all times? It is fascinating to me that in instances of encounters at their property, trail cams would take clear pictures with dark shapes in the background, but the Wi-Fi cameras recording video mysteriously were foggy for the duration of the encounter. As John said earlier, their trail cams kept disappearing, and in one instance, a trail camera found its way back with photos of aspen trees. Remember how there's no aspen trees in their property? Anyway, while there's a lot of theories on visibility, whether it's skeptic, truth, reason, or just telling it like it is, there's something interesting here. Yeah. You are going to be a skeptic until you come face to face or you see one walking across the trail or, mm-hmm. you know, you, anyway, Things be very careful when you're out in the woods because there are more things out there than you think there are. You know, there's bears, there's mountain lions, there's coyotes, mm-hmm. there was no wolves at the time, and, and there's, um, you know, owls and all the animals that were out in the woods. Well, he was correct, but there's a whole lot more. Yeah. So you need to, all my only warning is, I don't care if you're a skeptic or not, but be careful when you're out in the woods because Indeed. there's more than you ever would imagine. There are over three dozen encounters and stories I heard from John and his family. While most of these accounts you heard today are strange tree knockings, indirect playfulness, direct contact, 
and face-to-face encounters, John talks of footsteps heard on the other side of the walls, heavy breathing, and even his first encounter contact that left him lying on the floor. That will be in our next episode, but I just want to thank John and his family for being super hospitable and sharing their experiences with us. It's not hard to find other stories of tracks in the snow to strange smells, sounds, and tall creatures from a distance. Whether Bigfoot is true or not is not for me to say, but I can't help imagine. Thinking back to when I was fiddling around with my recording gear and setting up microphones at Catamount for this recording, if there was something out beyond the trees and foliage, just watching and observing me. Is Bigfoot out there? I don't know. And most likely, I'll never know. But these strange encounters keep happening, so perhaps. One thing I do know is, by listening more, we understand more. For more stories on mysterious creatures in this space, keep an eye out for part two. Thanks for listening.
I'm telling you, it might have been an adolescent. They could rip, hear they can rip trees out of the ground. You're going to hear the scream. You're going to hear the horse scream. And then you're going to hear it go, <laughs> and laugh. Interesting. And that's what it pulled out. They, they spook the horses? <laughs> no. Or that's they, just like that. They, it goes, just, <laughs> they make those noises. <laughs> and then back to the thing. It sounds like, it sounds like people are talking in a different language. It's weirder and shit. We, we, we hear that all the freaking time. We don't, we, you, a lot of the, the weird shit on that. So when I, when I sent you the video of the dog like screaming bloody murder and then the footsteps on the gravel, is that camera there? And and the lights come on, and it obviously ran right under the damn camera to where you know it wouldn't pick it up. But the weird thing is the camera on the front of the garage, which is crystal freaking clear, went cloudy. Any other day was completely just fog. You but see here's shit. the other thing: when you hear that different language, mm -hmm. what you'll hear on the speaker, you'll hear in but your it's more ear. Muffled. But when you hear it on the camera, it goes. Yeah, you can't hear anything. Last time I you heard it, me. I was sleeping in that camper. You tell me park, what it is. I'd like to know. Parked over there by the uh, parked over there by the other camera. In the I have an idea, but one. And I'm laying thing in is. bed listening to that, listening to that for half an hour right outside the window. One I got my thing. phone out, tried to tried to audio record, but I mean that would be more. And I kept telling Jim, we need some audio recording to put up around here. And I don't know that that would work because, like I said, those cameras record footsteps. They record the dog barking. Know, but, but when those things are talking language, well, screams, it comes across as screams, a hum or a I hear the screams and shit all the time, the ones that I recorded and sent to you. Mm -hmm. But not that loud and that close. Like, when that scream oh. went on, the reason why we got it so good on the cameras, I was sitting right there on the porch There's smoking. something moving over there. Hey, my name's David, the host of Ambisonic Spaces. And I just want to thank you for listening. And I want to tell you about a new feed of the show called Ambisonic Spaces Plus. If you're a sound designer, work in game audio, if you're a field recording enthusiast, or just want to support this podcast, check out subscribing to the Patreon page, Ambisonic Spaces Plus. There you'll be able to gain access to listen to episodes in spatial audio. All you need is some AirPods that support head tracking and the Patreon app or Safari. Just connect your AirPods to their device, turn on head tracking, and listen through Patreon. The sounds dynamically change around you as you move your head. Super cool and a very immersive experience. You'll also have access to download assets to use for your game audio projects and engines like Unreal and Unity, or use them for sound beds for any project that you have. And finally, as a Patreon, you can import the RSS feed into Apple Podcasts and listen through spatial audio there as well. Is it possibly the first ambisonic spatial audio dynamic head tracking podcast ever? Perhaps. But check out the free samples on Patreon to hear for yourself. Links in the description. Find out more at ambisonicspaces.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>